The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hello and welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today I'm joined by a top internet marketer and traffic driver. His name is Jonathan Mizell. Go to trafficevolution.com to find out more. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the call with me today. Thanks a lot for having me. Really an honor, Joey. Thank you. Jonathan, you're one of the world's leading experts on driving traffic. You've got a lot of courses and a blog about this subject, and you're one of the industry's big names when it comes to traffic driving. I'd love to talk to you about that topic today during our interview. Can we start, first of all, how did you get into internet marketing and online traffic driving? Well, um, we actually just celebrated our 20th anniversary. So we have been doing this since uh, 1993, actually. And back then, you know, today, when someone gets into the Internet space, I don't care what they're selling, whether it's a weight loss or, you know, teacher dog or whatever the product is that you're trying to sell, there is probably a traffic source for you. You know, that's, that's pretty easy to find. You can go and target stuff with Google or with Bing or Facebook. Um, but back then in, in like 1993, there was really, there was really nothing. So what we had to do was we had to figure out a way to get people to come to our website to take a look at what it was that we were selling. So we got into the game very early figuring out um, what is it that other sites and people who control traffic and, you know, list owners and things like that, what do they want? How do, how do we find them and how do we approach them? And so, um, we, you know, we pretty much had to figure out where to get traffic because otherwise we wouldn't have had any back then. I mean, again, there was no Google in 1993. They hadn't even started. Um, and there was a one search engine that I can't, think came in a couple of years later called Overture, which ended up, I believe, being bought by uh, by uh, Yahoo. Uh, God, it's been so long I can't even remember. But, you know, back in the day, you had to figure out where to get visitors and where to get traffic in order to make sales because that really is the formula right you you at this point you have a great audience someone who you know buys and spends money in a particular topic or industry and then you have a good funnel a good sales page a good squeeze page a good follow-up system uh, maybe some upsells and downsells uh, and then you've got a, a good product right well the whole thing only works if you can get those prospects <clears throat> to come over to the website. So, um, you know, it was really the first thing that we did. We were some of the first media buyers out there where I remember in the old days, you used to have to pick up the phone or, um, you know, send an email to someone who had a website and say, hey, I want to buy a banner ad on your site. And uh, and maybe they'd get back to you. Maybe they wouldn't. You know, some people wanted $10,000, and but most people wanted, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks, and you'd buy a banner for a week or a month. And so um, it was just something we had to do out of necessity. 
Cool. So like I said, you're well known as one of the leading names on this subject now. Would it be safe to say that you've pretty much tried most forms of traffic driving? You've experimented with a lot. That's right, yeah. And the one that we've settled on, and so the one that we're really most known for, and really are experts at, is paid media. Um, We don't do anything with search engines. We don't do any SEO. We don't work with backlinks. We just don't even care about that stuff. Now, it's not that we don't like free traffic. Free traffic is great. But from our standpoint and from our client's standpoint, the most important thing is consistency and a consistent return on investment. And so, um, you know, if I get uh, a thousand visits one week because uh, I have some good search engine listings because Google likes me for 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 that minute. Um, you know, I'm going to do great. I'm going to get a bunch of people into my site, into my funnel, and I'll convert them. But, you know, I've got next week to concern myself with as well and next month and the month after and then, you know, fiscal year 2014 and 15 and into the future. I can't depend on just, you know, one good week of traffic. And what we found, and we've done, we did do a lot of SEO back in the day, is that you would get, uh, if, if you were tracking everything correctly, you know, one month you might make couple thousand dollars, maybe five or ten thousand dollars from search traffic. And then the next month you wouldn't get anything. And so the lack of consistency is what really drove us into paid media. And paid media for us is really just, uh, uh, you know, buying an ad, spending, spending a dollar and trying to make more than a dollar with the traffic. So you take a dollar and you try to turn it into a dollar fifty or two or three or if you're lucky four or five, if you're doing everything correctly and, and the stars line up. Uh, but at the very least, you can usually get a two a X or a two times investment off of paid media. That's what we look for in our own promotions. And that's really what we try to focus on with our clients. So where are these places that you're buying paid media from? So um, probably the three biggest and most effective and most important places to buy traffic from uh, are going to be um, solo ads, uh, Facebook, and um, uh, we like Bing, you know, because they're a little bit easier to use than Google. Uh, so, But we'll just call it search traffic. A lot of it depends, though, Joey, on what it is you're selling. You know, there are, um, there are two really different kinds of traffic that people, uh, that, that marketers want to look at and really want to, want to kind of understand the differences between. The first one is what we call search driven traffic or keyword traffic, right? So this might be someone who's searching for Panasonic model 50929B, right? You know, a model of a TV they saw in a store and they want to do a price comparison. Mm-hmm. Or someone who goes into a search engine and says, uh, you know, weight loss supplements or, um, you know, how to fix leaky toilet. Something like that is usually uh, highly responsive, but it's not necessarily how you would sell anything right it's there's only a there's only certain stuff that you can sell with the search driven traffic mm-hmm. um like really you can only sell what people are searching for so that panasonic you know model number is a great example you might have a 5 or 10 or 15 or 20% conversion on that particular search 
in terms of someone who sees your ad and then clicks through. But there might only be 10 searches a month. So, you know, that's, again, back to consistency on scalability and the ability to actually grow stuff. That's not necessarily going to be something that you can build your business on. A lot of the long tail terms like buy Panasonic TV discount, something like that, three, four, five word phrases are phenomenally good in terms of conversion, getting people to come through. But there's just not that much volume. So I'm not saying you want to ignore that stuff. You totally want to be in the top level and in the secondary and in the long tail stuff on your search engines. So the biggest problem with that is volume. Now, there's another kind of traffic, too, which we call pattern interrupt traffic. And pattern interrupt traffic is typically going to be banner ads, uh, text ads, and ads that are out there that are targeted, but they're not necessarily targeted based on a keyword. A good example is the word acai. You're familiar with the big acai stuff that was being sold a few years ago? A little bit. Not too familiar, though. Well, acai is a supplement that's supposed to help you lose weight. Now, I'm not going to go into whether or not it helps you lose weight. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But um, if you were to go back uh, maybe six, seven years ago and you were to look at the search volume for the keyword acai or uh, or here's another one, green coffee bean extract. Have you seen that? Yeah. So everyone's seen their green coffee bean, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were to go back five or six years and look at the keyword volume for green coffee bean extract, I'm pretty sure you would find almost none. So how did these guys that had no search volume end up selling, I think, you know, there's probably a million dollars a day in that particular industry overall, maybe even more. How did they get to the point where they were able to sell so much? Well, they went out and they used pattern interrupt ads, which are email, banners, um, text ads that are out there. And they actually syndicated those ads out through networks and really created super hot sales processes. And those sales processes took people that had never even heard of green coffee bean, but they wanted to lose weight. And they wrote a story. They created landing pages and a sales funnel that actually got people to try that product. And once enough people started to try it, then, of course, the search volume started to increase. And, um, you know, at this point, I won't say it's become a meme, but it probably has almost become a meme, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of of like uh, uh, what people uh, see on the Internet, what you find in your in your spam box. In fact, a lot of people hate spam. And I want to just say that I really don't hate it at all. I like it a lot. And the reason that I like it is because it's a good indication of what is selling. So whenever I see green coffee bean in my um, spam box or in my mailbox, you know, part of me is like, ah, heck, I got to delete that thing. But the other part of me is like, hmm, people are still buying that? Wow. So um, it it really is uh, uh, once it hits that like that that level where people understand it, then the pattern interrupt stuff becomes so much more um, effective because people – they they know what it is, and they're just looking for someone to um, uh, explain it to them, right? And you also are not limited by search volume. 
So, you know, if your market, if your target market is females, um, you know, 35 to 45 who are, uh, let's figure out, maybe they just had a baby and they've got postpartum weight gain and they want to lose some weight. Uh, now you've got a market. Now you can actually target all the mom sites and you can target all the postpartum sites and you can target all the pregnancy sites and you've got a whole new world to advertise your product in as opposed to just, you know, going to Google and buying the keyword green coffee bean extract, which, by the way, is, you know, at this point, probably three dollars a click. Wow. It's good to know then, Jonathan, that there is a lot more traffic out there than just Google, because a lot of people, they get their account banned or they get slapped or whatever, and then they feel like there's no traffic left. But it's just not the case. No, it's not the case at all. In fact, well, Google has its hand in about 80% of all the traffic out there just through its various, you know, ad mechanisms and networks and exchanges and the other things that it's involved with. Very little of the traffic um, that actually goes on to buy stuff is generated, you know, from Google's search engine. Uh, you know, maybe 15, 20%. I mean, a majority of the traffic out there. Well, here's an example. There's something like um, three or four trillion, with a T, banner impressions every month. And 75% of them go unsold. So when they go unsold, they get given away or they're used for public service announcements or um, they're used for CPA or affiliate offers or maybe as ad trades with other people or, you know, <clears throat> you give them to an advertiser who spends $100,000, you give them whatever, ten dollars or $20,000 worth of banners, you know, it's like a little gimme, a little extra. So you've got that world and then you've got Google where everything is super tightly controlled, where everyone is looking at you and not just Google. Right. You know, Google is out there looking at all your ads and your landing pages and everything that you're doing and they're judging you. But you've also got all your competitors mm -hmm. and your competitors can go into Google and enter in the keywords and they can see who you are and they can click through and opt in and they can copy your funnel and your landing page. They can copy pretty much everything that you have because it's all out there in the open as opposed to the um, banners or text ads or email or even Facebook at this point, where there's a degree of privacy that you have. People don't necessarily know what you're up to. Now, there are tools and stuff that you can use, like AdBeat, to try to deconstruct that stuff. But, you know, they're not perfect, and they don't pick everything up, and also they – don't pick up stuff that's brand new. You know, they tend to pick up more of the historical stuff. So when you move outside of Google, especially Google search, you really get into a situation where you can kind of spread your wings a little bit. I mean, where would you rather, which sandbox would you rather play in? The one where everyone is looking at you? In fact, let's use the metaphor. You're a four-year-old kid. Do you want to have the, the sandbox where mom and the counselor and the people where everyone's looking at you and everything you do is being judged and they're saying, hey, don't do that and don't eat the sand and whatever, right? Or would you rather be in the sandbox where it's just you and the sand? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you'd rather be over just 
free to play, free to test, free to try a new funnel, free to try a new, try a new headline or a new landing page. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Google is so judgmental about what you do and they have their own reasons. I don't have any problems with them, but you know, they're, they're really after the user experience. And if there's any optimization of profits in Google, it's not optimization of your profits. It's optimization of Google's profits. Yeah. You know, they're not necessarily concerned with whether you net, you make money. They're concerned with whether they make money. Whereas a lot of these other networks, whereas they have a, a similar viewpoint, they really know that if you don't make money, um, you're not going to buy any more ads. So with Google, there's such a big line of people take the green coffee bean extract. There's a big line of people who want to buy that keyword. So that's why the keyword gets to be really expensive, you know, two, three bucks, right? Or even more. So, um, but on another network where you're going after postpartum, uh, you know, females or moms with kids one to two years old, you, you know, there's other people who want that particular market, but they're, they're not doing exactly the same thing you are. I mean, um, Johnson and Johnson wants that market and, you know, Honda wants that market and a lot of, uh, uh, Tesoro or Costco want that market, but they're not going after the same keywords. They're not selling the same thing. And so it's a much easier place for marketers to, uh, to try stuff out, certainly to test other sales funnels. Jonathan, a lot of people might be listening to this and they're feeling, I love the idea of paid traffic, paid media, but I don't have much money right now. That's just the situation that they're currently in. Can they still get started with this on a shoestring budget? What options do we have here? Well, I want to back up just one second and say something else first. So most of the people out there, and, you know, it's I don't like to be harsh, but I have to be honest mm-hmm. because someone needs to be honest with people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, most people don't have a thing worth selling. Okay. So it doesn't matter if they were to get free traffic or paid traffic. It doesn't matter, you know, if they get their Google account, you know, like in an A plus uh, place or Facebook loves them or they get, you know, an API feed from the largest network in the world to run whatever banners they like, they wouldn't make money anyway because they don't have a product or a service or specifically a funnel that's worthy of the traffic. So the first and most important thing is, is your offer worthy? Is it actually convert? Does the market that you're going after spend money? That's the most important thing. We do an example in our um, Traffic Evolution course where we talk about the green coffee bean diet, and you can go to Google and you can enter in those keywords, and what you get is a page that's about 75% advertisements. In other words, most of that page on that particular keyword is people trying to get ads on that first page of Google. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're trying to get first page positioning is because there are a lot of customers out there spending money. So you can also go in and you can enter in the word hangnails. Now, hangnails are a pretty bad problem. And if you have one, you know, it can prevent you from thinking about anything else. Right. (laughs) You just pick at it. Right. But if you enter in the keyword hangnails on the Google, you'll see there are 
know people who are trying to buy that keyword. I mean, you could buy it real cheap. The reason you can buy it cheap is because nobody wants it. And the reason nobody wants it is that's not a market that people spend money in. So you've got to have a market where people spend money and you've got to have an offer that is worthy of people's attention. And you need to have a sales process that really speaks to those people and really gets to know who they are or or speaks to who they are before you even have traffic. Now, assuming that stuff is in place, um, it's not that difficult to get, you know, traffic on a shoestring budget. I think that sites like Facebook, which now have uh, full media buyer access, you know, in the old days, if you wanted to go, um, one of our clients is a barefoot running shoe company, right? And so um, they have this little like sandals that are for people who do the barefoot running. It's a big thing here in the U.S. And, um, you know, it's a really growing niche and a growing market. So barefoot running is this huge market, right? Now, um, if you go into Facebook and you want to target people into barefoot marketing, and, and if you went in there last year, you would be able to target uh, a small group of people, people who had put barefoot running into their profile. Okay. Well, nowadays, <clears throat> when you go in and you enter in barefoot running in the targeting parameters, you end up with at least seven or eight different targeting options, including one that is actually a million people or a million plus people who have used barefoot running in a uh, hashtag. And in fact, that's what <clears throat> that's what Facebook is really all about in terms of their hashtags. They added hashtags recently, not so that we'd be able to see what topics are trending. You know, they did it so that me, like advertisers like me, could go in and actually target those people who use those hashtags on their profile. Facebook also allows you to go in and to do some real deep demographic targeting. Like if you want, and this is, you know, brand new. So if you haven't been on Facebook or you haven't advertised for more than a couple of months, you wouldn't even know this. If you want people who make over a hundred thousand dollars, live in a million dollar house and drive a BMW and live in Chicago, you can now go to Facebook and target those people. I mean, this is, this is the kind of targeting you could previously only do, you know, with a 10 or $20,000 a month budget, like, you know, real media buyers. And now you can go into a, a site like Facebook and I think for the minimum is five or $10 a day, you can set up an ad campaign and do some real deep targeting. So just Facebook alone has opened up the paid media world to a, a lot of different people. There's also uh, banner ad companies like SiteScout, which is uh, one of the ones that we cover extensively in the course. And SiteScout is basically, a, uh, it's like a network of networks. So all the ad networks and exchanges and sites and properties and, and you know, groups of, uh, of, of web companies will feed their ad inventory into SiteScout if they can't sell it. So like, for example, if you go to AOL and you want to buy an ad on AOL.com, mm -hmm. their news site, you can pick up the phone and you can go to, you can call AOL and talk to the rep and sign a $10,000 insertion order and start advertising with them. Or 
you can go to Site Scout and you can get pretty much the same ad inventory and the same targeting ability that you would get, you know, through the site directly. And you can set up a campaign for ten or twenty dollars a day. So um, this stuff has really, really changed for the average person. I think Bing's their minimum is is five or ten or twenty dollars a day as well. So you can get search traffic through Bing. You can get search traffic through sites like advertise.com. You can get um, the the banners or the more of the pattern interrupt stuff like through Site Scout. Uh, you can, you know, you can do demographic or behavioral targeting through Facebook and all this stuff <clears throat> that used to cost literally thousands and thousands of dollars just to get started is now, you know, 50 bucks to a hundred bucks. So, um, if you have an offer that's worthy, the traffic is out there and it is ready for people to, to, you know, to start playing with and to start testing. So there's even low barrier to entry kind of stuff. Anyone can get involved. But the key is having a good offer that's going to give you that ROI. Because even if it is cheap, Jonathan, even if it's just $50 a day, if we don't make the money back, we're going to quit at some point. Well, that's right. And listen, if you have a if, – if let's say that you have an offer, right? And um, let's just say it's an affiliate offer. So And you can call your rep. Maybe it's a CPA offer. Or, or through an affiliate network. And you can call your rep over at the network and you can say, Hey, is this offer any good? Oh yeah, it converts really well to females, 35 to 40. And, you know, and, and, and we, we do really well with it. And this advertiser has been with us for a while. And here's the earnings per click. So once you know that the offer is good, if you actually have a, a, an offer or you're part of a CPA network and you reach out to your rep and you start asking them questions, now you know that there's there's some life to the offer. Now you can build that that traffic profile and start, you know, sending traffic over there. And when someone says, "Well, if it's $50 a day, when will I make money?" Well, listen, if you don't make money on the first day, then you stop the ad. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if the thing pays a $25 commission, uh I usually will spend 30, 40, maybe 50 bucks, and if it doesn't work, I'll stop. And I'll go back and I'll change the ad or I'll change the targeting or I'll change the profile uh, or I might add a landing page, you know, or a squeeze page or or try to build my own funnel into it. And so it's not something that you have to keep going with a lot of the times. Um, and we learned this from the offline world. And it's a horrible, horrible, you know, thing that that advertiser uh, advertising managers have convinced us i remember when we used to run in newspapers they they used to give us this line of bull that would be like we have to run the ad seven times to really know if it works well let me tell you if it doesn't work the first time it's not going to work the second time Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work the first two times it sure is not going to work the third time so um when you're online if you're not getting an immediate return on investment just stop you know, you don't need more people to see it. You need to change your ad. You need to change your targeting. You need to change your offer. Let's look at the opposite situation then, Jonathan. If we had a big budget, money wasn't an issue. The world is our oyster. We've got as many options as there is out there. Would you do anything differently than what you've just told me, or is it just kind of the same? It's kind of the same, but you add zeros and commas. <laughs> okay. So, um, for example, let's say you're... Uh, uh, you're promoting a weight loss product, right? And you're just getting started. You might go and find an e-zine and maybe it's got a, uh, you buy a solo ad in there. Maybe, 
it's 10,000 or 15,000 people. Maybe it costs a couple hundred dollars or 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. Anyway, it's not a, it's not a big budget, right? Yeah. So you run that offer and you see whether or not the people come in, whether they opt in, what they do after they opt in. You create the funnel, you create the process, you send them to the offer and, and let's assume that they convert. Well, at that point, it's not about finding offers or, or finding lists with 10 or 15,000 people. When you have a big budget, you might still do a small test, but you don't mail to the whole list. At that point, it's really about finding people with big lists. You know, people like my points or publishersclearinghouse.com or coolsavings.com or, uh, or even companies like Archimax. Now, Archimax is one of our very favorite and real, you know, kind of secret weapons when it comes to e-zine ads because we can do a sponsorship ad for $275 where we put a banner in one of their e-zines. And we know that if that works, we know that the solo ad, that the solo ads cost a thousand bucks. We know the solo ads are going to work. So we might start with a small ad and then if that gets the ROI or it, it achieves the metrics that we want, we can now spend $1,000. And then at that point, we know that we can go out to all two and a half or three million people once we've done a test. And probably, you know, just like I said, the offline ads, if they don't make money the first time, they probably won't make money the second time. Mm-hmm. Well, the opposite is also true. If you do an easy ad or you run a banner ad or, or really any campaign, if it makes money the first day, it probably will make money the second day. Mm-hmm. So if you are running uh, an easy ad on Archimax or Cool Savings or one of the big solo ad publishers out there and it works, you can run to the whole list. You make your money. Sometimes the second time you mail it, it makes just as much. I have one offer that we have mailed to Archimax at least seven times their list has seen it. And we did not start to see a drop off until like the fifth time. So um, it's really, again, just about adding zeros and commas and increasing the budget. You'll still want to start small. You'll still want to see whether the audience responds to what you're selling. And if they do, then you know you can safely roll out. So the losing campaigns get immediately cut and the winning ones you just scale up. That's right. And actually what we do is um, we – uh, my partner on this uh, supplement business, he was he had one idea about what we should do, and I had another idea about what we should do. And we were, knew we were going to get about 500 clicks from this campaign. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why don't we just split the traffic up and see what happens? And he's like, oh, okay. Well, it turned out both of the things that we tried make, made money, right? One of them ended up making a little bit more, so that was the strategy that we used cool. for two or three of the mailings. And then once... You know, we had done that. Now we went back to the other strategy. So you can do all kinds of great split testing. That's another thing. You know, split testing is really powerful, but it only works if you have really good traffic going into your into your um, funnel. And so what our feeling is, is that either you're going to make a profit or you're going to collect data. You're either going to make some money or you're at the very least going to know what doesn't make money. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're... Um, you know, if you have a couple of different ideas, once you start getting into solo ads or Facebook ads, you can take that traffic, split it up, and just see what happens to it based on uh, which funnel that you're you're testing. Cool. Okay. 
Any last tips for media buying? Anything else we should know about to give us the best possible chance of a profitable campaign? Well, um, know your audience and know your market. You know, create a customer avatar. Know exactly who you're going after. A lot of people will go out there and they'll say, well, I'm, I promote an MLM, so I'm after MLMers. You know, give me everyone 18 to 60. Mm-hmm. In the world. <laughs> I'm like, what? Listen, if you look at just that particular business, right? MLMs or opportunities. It's guys. They're 35. They live in the southern U.S. You know, s- stop trying to like reinvent the wheel here. That's your guy. That's your person. If you're going after pars- postpartum weight loss, and that's that's your market. Women, you know, they're they're 28 to 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 40. You know, there's no mystery about it. Once you know who you're going after, buying media is way way easier, especially now. So it's really about knowing the market. Is it easy, Jonathan, to then match that up with the traffic? So, say for example, you're on Site Scout. You know your customer avatar. Is it then a matter of just choosing the websites where they're likely to hang out? Does SiteScout make that easy to do? It does. You can go in, like if you have a particular site that you want to target, you know, maybe you've done your research, you can go into a place like SiteScout and you can see whether they actually represent it. In a lot of cases, they do. Sometimes you can even find sites that are similar that you didn't even know that you could advertise on. We've been advertising on eBay lately which like I didn't even realize there's all this eBay inventory, you know, for direct response. And the more credible the site, you know, the the, the better the the click through rate is. So you've on Site Scout and all the DSPs now, all the the big network of networks, um, you've got all kinds of targeting stuff. You can go after people based on the site that they're at. You can go out, uh, after people based on the device that they're on. Uh, we just are setting up a Site Scout campaign right now. We only want to target people on mobile devices within one mile of a particular business mm-hmm. and only during particular hours of the day. So the targeting has gotten really, really deep in terms of device, <clears throat> geo, location, things like that. You've also got contextual targeting, and then there's all these new categories that are demographic targets, like what kind of car they drive, or what kind of city they live in, or what kind of what kind of phone do they have, or uh, you know whether or not they're furniture buyers, or you know whether or not they're architects, or or whatever. And so there's all sorts of new demographic categories that have come into all these media sources, including Site Scout, including Facebook, including places like Click Certain or uh, Ad Ready or or any of these large networks. The targeting parameters are just amazing at this point, even for, you know, normal folks like us. Very cool. Okay. Remarketing. That's sort of a hot topic right now when it comes to traffic, Jonathan. First of all, could you let us know a little bit about remarketing, what it is, how it can help us, and also any tips for doing good stuff with it? So remarketing is basically when someone comes to your site, you set a cookie on them, and then when they leave, you can serve banners to them that invite them to come back. That's just the, the simplest way. You've probably seen that. You visit a site, and then all of a sudden there's the banners for it everywhere, and you're like, yeah. how do they know I want an iPhone? You know, well, Oh, my God, it's like, it's like they're reading my mind. So um, there are a lot of different uh, ways to actually do remarketing. I'm going to give you uh, one, of, one of two of my favorites, actually. Um, 
probably the easiest way to do it is with a company like Perfect Audience. And you can just go to perfectaudience.com and you can set up a remarketing campaign. Um, I think the minimum is, you know, three to five hundred bucks a month. Uh, but they'll do all the work for you and they will remarket for you, not just on um, banners and text ads. They can also now remarket on the Facebook newsfeed, which is really really huge it's 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 one of the best places to remarket you can also set up a campaign if you have a google account still um pardon me one of the best places to set it up it's not so easy but it definitely has a lot of inventory and pretty good prices is through your google google uh adwords uh, or google uh, display manager so you go in there and you set up a remarketing audience they give you a little pixel you put that pixel on your page that you want to retarget and then those people get cookied and you deliver through the google network you can also do it through site scout in fact most of the networks have a remarketing thing the biggest thing i would say with remarketing is create a funnel specifically for remarketing. A lot of people make the mistake of sending people right back into the same page that they they left and didn't buy from. So it's almost like, hey, uh, it's like if you're in a in a in a bar and you see someone and they come to you and they're like, "Hey, you know, would you buy me a drink?" and you're like, "Nope." Okay, so 5 minutes later if they come up to you and they're like, "Oh, would you buy me a drink now?" Still no, right? You know, 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later. I mean, if you weren't interested the first time, you're probably not interested. But what we do is we take the remarketing traffic and, and generally we don't, you know, it depends on what the stats show, but we'll generally put it into its own page. And so in fact, we're working on a funnel right now for one of our products where if you don't buy it, the remarketing banner will say, try it for a dollar. It's like we, and when you go back, it doesn't take you to the sales page. It takes you to a landing page and the page says, Hey, you didn't buy and we understand and we think maybe it's because it costs too much and we think maybe you don't know what the value is. So once you try it for a dollar and see if you actually like it. So you can make an alternative offer. You can make a, uh, uh, a secondary offer. You could do a downsell. Uh, one of the things one of our clients has done is, he takes his remarketing traffic and he's like, okay, you didn't want the thing. We got this other thing that does the same thing that costs half as much. You want to try that? So it's a totally different kind of compare and contrast thing. And the other big thing with remarketing is people will pixel their thank you page and they, that's it. You know, they'll, or sorry, they'll, they'll pixel their, uh, their homepage and that's it. Everyone who goes to the homepage gets remarketed. We set up separate remarketing campaigns for people who visit the homepage and then we usually do a different, um, audience for people who opt in. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get a lot fewer of those people, but they're going to be significantly more targeted. Mm -hmm. And then we also do one for customers. So after someone, um, comes in and buys our product, uh, we've even done banners that just say, Hey, thanks for buying our product. You know, traffic evolution wants to thank you. I mean, how many people do that where you actually have a banner ad that's on the page and it said, John and Tim want to thank you for buying traffic evolution. Click here to get your bonus. You know, people are like, Oh, you always want to delete people off of the list. You buy. I'm like, I'll pay, you know, a tenth of a cent to get someone in front of my banner and thank them. I mean, what a great post-purchase reassurance. Yeah. So you you definitely want to look at where you're pixeling from 
and and building your audiences from. And you really want to look at the audience, uh, what the the offer that you're sending them to. Very cool. That's some really advanced stuff there, Jonathan. You've got some ideas ticking around in my head now, so I'm very excited to try it out. You mentioned about the Google network. Does that include YouTube as well? Because I watched a video of a comedian the other day, maybe about five days ago, and I've seen nothing but his ads since. So somehow uh, they retargeted me from a YouTube video. So is that part of the Google network? It is, but you know, Google Network is also part of Site Scout, and it's also part of uh, Media Math, and it's also part of. Uh, I, I would say that Google's network is part of almost everybody else's network at this point. Retargeter, perfect audience. You know why? Because they have um, not only the 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 biggest kind of back end network that knows the most about their users. But they also are the best at monetization. So they want to, if there's people buying ads somewhere, they want to be in that marketplace. That's why Google at first kind of kept to themselves. But I think just on Site Scout, you can target YouTube, um, specifically. You can also do, uh, targeting on YouTube, I believe through YouTube directly, through your AdWords manager, and maybe remarketer or sorry, retargeter, a couple of those people fetch back those specific remarketing companies. They have the ability to uh to to target YouTube specifically. And in fact, one of our people, I think I can say this now, he's been targeting YouTube local with pre-roll commercials. So he's been going in and setting up commercials, you know, shooting a quick commercial for a restaurant and then just geo-targeting that zip code or those zip codes surrounding. And, uh, I mean, there's some real cool stuff going on with YouTube because of the video environment. Yeah, it's incredible. Does the person have to actually visit your site or your web property or can you even target someone who has visited some other kind of web property, something that's not yours? Um, it's still, it doesn't quite work like that. You have to have your own, you, at, at some point you need control of the traffic so that you can yeah. pixel it. Okay. So it either needs to go through a redirect link or on a page on your site or a landing page or on some page on your funnel. Um, okay. it, right. You know, Site Scout actually has a cool little deal where if someone just clicks on your banner, you can add them to a new audience. So they don't even, you could take someone, who, uh, and let's say you're running an affiliate offer and you're just direct linking, you can take someone who clicks on the green coffee bean deal and then you can set up a separate audience and actually start to remarket to those people, mm-hmm. you know, as a just like to set up a, a little separate campaign without ever, you know, actually hosting the page or anything. But again, at some point, it's your click and that's how you would how you would set the cookie. Cool. Okay. All right, so that's remarketing. Uh, Let's move on. I know that you also do PPV. There's a couple of questions I had around PPV. First of all, is this poor quality traffic or can PPV convert? And if it does, can you give us some tips for how we can succeed with PPV? So uh, what PPV is, is it means pay-per-view. And uh, it's basically a software-driven visitor. So it's not someone who went to a search engine and entered something in, and it's not someone who went to a a page and saw a banner and clicked on that. It's someone who did something independent uh, and has software on their computer. So, so, so here's the way it works. 
there's a good example would be there's a site called Game Vance, G-A-M-E-V-A-N-C-E. And if you go to Game Vance, it's going to ask you to, if you want to play these games. And at a certain point, you'll play some of the games for free. Some of the games that you play require a download. Uh, either it's a browser extension or a toolbar or something. I'm not even sure what they're using these days. But it requires a download. And you have to opt in for the download. And the download says very clearly, if you want to play this game, you got to download this software. And if you download the software, we're going to deliver targeted ads to you. Just three or four a day, but you're going to get targeted ads. Mm -hmm. And so there's this kind of opt-in process. Now, some people say, no, I don't want those ads, and they don't download the software, and they can't play the game, right? Mm -hmm. Other people want to play those games, and so they play them, and they accept the terms and conditions, and then three, four times a day, they get you know, a, a, a text ad or a pop-up or, or there's, or, or an in-text ad. I'm sure you've seen those ads when you're scrolling a web page and are looking at a web page and there's an underlined link and it doesn't look like the normal links. You put your mouse over it yeah. and, uh, a little ad comes up. Well, those are in-text ads and those are also added by the, the, the PPV company based on the software. So the important thing to realize is it's opt-in. It's a little annoying, but it is opt-in, you know, so are Google Ads, uh, and that's how they pay for the games. So um, the next question people always ask is, well, I don't want to market to a bunch of kids. Well, I have to tell you, the fastest-growing group of game players in the world are seniors right now. And if you look at the average age of a Game Dance user, it ain't 17. It's like 35. <laughs> so it's a 35-year-old mom who's trying to kill a little time, you know, when she's waiting for her kids to come back from school or, mm-hmm. you know, she's trying to kill a little time in the middle of the day, take a little break. And so the audience is there. And what happens is you are able to target with PPV a particular website. Now, you can target keywords and things like that, but the real power is when you target your competitors. So, for example, uh, the classic PPV campaign is you take State Farm's webpage where you get a quote. State Farm is a big insurance company here in the U.S., and you target State Farm's quote page, and then you find an alternative offer like a Geico, and when someone goes to the State Farm page to get a quote, you pop up a pop-up and it says, stop, don't get a quote or don't sign up for insurance until you get a quote from Geico too. And if you're selling a diet product, you can go ahead and you can target Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and all those people, everyone who's got a weight loss system. And you can say, wait, you know, before you sign up for Jenny Craig, <laughs> check this out. Or you can just put a big banner up there, or you can put a squeeze page up there, or you can just direct link and pop up the offer if it's a strong offer. So it really allows you to target competitors and sites that are very similar to the ones that you're actually promoting Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and really do some deep, deep targeting. There's a lot of money in PPV. Now you ask whether it's quality or, 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 or low quality. And I think that um, it really depends on what you're targeting. So there are some keywords and some URLs that just 
They just don't convert. Here's a good example. I can't give you the actual stats because it's from a client. But we went ahead and we went to Google and we entered in weight loss programs. And we took the top, I think, 50 sites, including the AdWords sites, that were advertising and that were showing up on uh, on Google. And we took those URLs and we specifically targeted those landing pages that they were driving people to. And out of the 50, most of them, no conversions, like not even one. But there was like three that actually were profitable. And there was one out of the 50 that was producing, you know, like a 3x. So, I mean, for every dollar we were spending on that particular target, we were getting three back. So that's really, you know, figuring out uh, what works. And then once you figure out what works, then you can start going into the why and say, well, why did Jenny Craig not work, but this other site did work? And that really uh, can give you some insight, not just in creating your own products, uh, but your own funnels and offers. And then one more thing that's really cool about this is um, when you do a pop-up, you know, people generally assume that the pop-up is from the page mm-hmm. that you're actually targeting. Yeah. So, I mean, you would never want to target Jenny Craig and then use Jenny Craig's logo or anything like that. That would be violation of trademark and, you know, deceptive advertising. Mm-hmm. But you can say, thanks for visiting Jenny Craig. Please take our quick survey. Mm-hmm. And now you can have a link to a survey and you can ask those people, what are you looking for? Yeah. What are you, what are you buying? You know, what have you bought recently? Which of these supplements makes sense to you? Which of these diets uh, have you considered using yourself? Now we can get some data and some some info on those people, and we can create a custom funnel just for the Jenny Craig people. We were working on a, a gold offer years and years ago. Or, sorry, months and months ago. Uh, it seems like years, <laughs> internet years, right? And we were look, looking at this offer, and it was for uh, gold buyers. And so we were targeting uh, Kitco.com, which is the largest gold dealer, I guess, in the U.S. and has the most traffic. And we were really having problems making it convert. And then we put a survey up there and we said, thanks for visiting Kitco. Please take our survey. And it turns out that, you know, what we thought we were targeting, we weren't targeting at all. So we changed the targeting parameters and instead of targeting their gold quotes page, we started quoting their or, or, or targeting their gold buying page, and then everything changed. So it's a, it's just a, a, a fun way to experiment, but it is more of an advanced marketing strategy. Okay, so it's not where we should necessarily start, but it's something maybe we should consider later down the line. I think Traffic Vance requires that you're not an affiliate, you have to have a referral, and it's a $1,000 startup. And they very, very closely look at what you promote. And so, um, you know, it's it's not something for certainly not a newbie. So Traffic Vance is where you would go. Any other places? Um, there's another one called Lead Impact. Um, if you're running your own offers I would, or you have your own funnel, you can definitely use them. They have a $200 setup. There's another one called 50 on Red that we've been testing that's just – outstandingly good, very, very good traffic, uh, highly targeted. Uh, it's a $500 uh, s- uh, setup. I think those are the only three that I would recommend. There's a few others, but I wouldn't waste my time with them. Okay. 
So Jonathan, a lot of people when they have a business and they have a product and they look to get traffic to their product, but it seems to me that you could basically, knowing what you know about traffic, you could apply this to any product. I mean, would you say that's a fair comment? As long as the product is good, you could potentially make money in thousands of different kinds of businesses. That's right. Yeah. And that's the idea. In fact, the number one question people have for us when they join our, our program is they get in and they're like, I'm selling X. Where would I sell it? And the answer is usually pretty obvious. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what we do. You know, people think we're magic, but we just look at where those products are being sold now. So if someone says, I'm selling green coffee bean extract, I just take a look at where people are selling that currently. You know, you can go to some of the affiliate sites and, and you can go to like performancecider.com or some of these other sites and you can find out who's running these offer. You can go to adbeat.com or, or whatrunswhere.com and you can find out who is currently selling that product and how are they selling it? What keywords are they using? What banners are they using? What networks are they using? What sites are they advertising on? And what is their message? And so a lot of it is just kind of reverse engineering. But, I mean, listen, if you're selling coaching or consulting, don't waste time with anything but Facebook. If you're selling supplements, you can do media buying and you can do PPC. You know, if you're selling um, uh, dog training stuff, you know, probably want to start with Facebook or, or, or some sort of a Bing or something like that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it comes down to what kind of traffic do you need? And, and, and is it the kind of thing that you have to sell with search or can you sell it with something that's a little bit more, uh, uh, inferential, right? Like, can, can we, Knowing that we're, that our, that our target is postpartum women, that women who have just had a baby and they're a little bit overweight, now we can go to all those, you know, post-birth sites and we can advertise them there. We might still want to use Google or Bing, uh, for some of the keywords, but in terms of scalability, we want to start looking at, at other things as well. And then some things, like if you're promoting an MLM or a biz op or something like that, you know, there's not many places you can promote that. You really got to stick with solo ads. So it really comes down to, you know, what's your product and who's your market and really what are other people doing? We just look at the marketplace to see and then that's that's the data that we use to create our own campaigns. Jonathan, thank you so much for sharing this info. Where can we get more of this kind of information from you? If we want to go a bit deeper, where can we go? Uh, well, you can go to Traffic Evolution. That is trafficevolution.com, and that's our website where we have our course. Uh, it is currently our flagship course. Uh, it is a media buyer course. It teaches you how to get traffic to uh you know, pretty much any website, no matter what you sell, we cover all the different traffic uh, programs out there and sources. We cover them in really, really great detail. And, you know, we're very committed to helping people find the traffic that they need, especially since it's so much easier than it was before. Awesome. Do you have a website too, a personal website where people can find out more about you, get in contact with you at all? Uh, Probably Traffic Evolution is the best. Uh, you can go to Jonathan Mizell. It's my uh, JonathanMizell.com. 
Uh, it's my blog. I don't update it as much as I should. Uh, but if you friend me on Facebook, you know, you'll, you'll probably, I'll accept your friendship and then you can see, you know, that's more, I, I use Facebook more as my personal blog than my blog, which probably makes Mark Zuckerberg very happy. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the end of today's episode, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Joey. Talk to you soon. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.